everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Magic Podcast. My name is Phil Prosmanreich. I'm the editor of Orlando Magic Daily, and uh, uh, nothing happened last night, right? There's, there's nothing too, nothing, nothing too momentous, you know. Franchise changing, you know, you know, you know, happened last night. You know, no, maybe, no, no. Well, as we all know, uh, last night was the NBA draft. Uh, the Orlando Magic picking 11th decided to trade the pick along with Victor Oladipo, along with their son Oyasova, for Serge Ibaka in the trade heard around the Magic Twitterverse. Uh, a, a, a surprise, I mean, not surprisingly, but a, a, a certainly controversial trade for the Magic. It was all anyone was talking about. It was nationally relevant. Uh, had a lot of people wondering, what are the Magic doing? And it's the only thing we have that we, we really have to talk about. The Magic didn't take a draft pick, but they. But last night on th- you know Thursday, June 23rd, the franchise's future changed completely. Um, I, I want to make sure that we break down this trade in every way that we can. Uh, so, you know, I want to just kind of lay this whole this whole 20-minute episode. We'll probably be talking about Serge Ibaka. So what I want to do is let you know that we're, you know, we'll, we'll discuss what the hall means and talk a little bit about what, what it means philosophically for the Magic, uh, as well as listen to a little bit of what uh, Rob Hennigan and Frank Vogel had to say uh, from their press conference and their media availability last night during the draft. But obviously the first thing we got to do is break down what this trade means, who is Serge Ibaka, what did the Magic get, what did the Magic give up. And so the structure of the deal is very simple. The Magic traded uh, Victor Oladipo, DeMont, the rights to DeMontis Sabonis, the, the sophomore center forward from uh, Gonzaga, and Ersan Oyasova, who is on a, a weird expiring deal uh, for Serge Ibaka from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And on the face of it, it, it certainly doesn't look good. You're giving up three players for one. Um, there is certainly a national sentiment that Ersan Ilyasova has value. I, I don't know if people watched him at all last year while he was with the Magic. Uh, but Ilyasova was essentially an expiring contract. He's got one year left on his deal, due $8.4 million. But if he's cut before July 1st, so if he's cut by before next Friday... Uh, $8 million of that is gone. So he's essentially, like I was telling everyone once they acquired him, he's essentially an $8 million trade exception, and that's exactly how the Magic used him. Um, they used him in conjunction with Oladipo's contract to get to Serge's number because the Magic are bumping up against the cap. I think they actually took in less money in this deal than, than Oklahoma City. Uh, Sabonis, while he's a very, well, I think he's a very good and very capable player. He should have a decent NBA career. I don't see him as a a big time franchise contributor. I thought he, if the Magic were to take him, and it certainly was possible that they they would take him and keep him. Uh, my understanding is Sabonis was their guy. If they were going to keep the pick, they were going to take Sabonis anyway. Uh, Sabonis, though, to me is a bench player. I don't see him becoming a starter. He's more of a traditional power forward. Doesn't have much of a jump shot. Doesn't have much range. Don't see him as a great defensive fit either. Uh, so I think his time in the NBA, he's just 10 years too late for, for his skill set. Uh, so I, I was when they picked him, I was a little bit confused with that pick too. If, if, I, if it were me, I would have taken a bigger risk uh, on that pick. I was saying Scal Abassier all week. Obviously something was up with Scal that, that he slipped all the way to the, to the end of the first round. So that may not have been the pick either. But 
I certainly think that was a chance to, to maybe to, to take a swing because the draft wasn't the place where the Magic were going to get a lot of help anyway. Uh, but the big guy that they traded away was Victor Oladipo. And, you know, former second round pick, second overall pick in 2013, guy who had, had shown some flashes of stardom, had shown some ability to get to the basket, score, you know, at will, obviously had some big games as well. This was a guy that the Magic, you know, Magic really liked and Magic fans really liked. I get that there's an emotional connection to him. He was the guy, you know, in a league that's driven by stars, he was the guy many people said, this is our star. This is our guy that uh, that is going to take us over the top one day, that, that's going to make defenses pay attention. And now they've kind of given up on him, or not gi- given up, uh, maybe harsh, but... Now they've they've sold him high on this mar- on this trade market, and I think another part of this disappointment, and we talked I talked a little bit about this yesterday on the podcast, was a lot of people believed you could package Oladipo with someone to get a more established star like Jimmy Butler, like uh, maybe a, a Gordon Hayward, you know some of the some of the bigger names that were out on the trade market, and the reality is those deals may have just been us making them up. It may have just been us saying, you know, us being the media, being fans, saying, you know, let, let, would this work? You know, let's do that. Let's do that. And not realizing that, you know, there's a two-way street. The, the, the Bulls weren't going to do that deal. Uh, the, the, the Wolves, the Jazz, you know, whoever, they weren't going to do these deals. And so all of a sudden, I think there was an inflated market for Oladipo. Now, bringing in Serge Ibaka gives the Magic something that they've desperately needed for a long time. And, and, and Rob Hennigan said this, uh, and, and I'll play the clip here in a moment. You know, what, what Serge Ibaka brings is a, is a power forward that does a lot of things that you need your bigs to do in today's NBA. You need them to be able to switch out onto guards and hedge and stop pick and rolls. You need them to be able to protect the rim. And you could kind of tell... You know, while they, I think they still believe in Nikola Vucevic. While I think they still believe in some of these play, and, and the players that they have on their roster, you could tell that they felt they got someone with an elite skill, with an ability to do something no one else on this roster certainly, and perhaps even in the entire league can do. And that's that's the kind of player they felt like they needed to take a chance on and get in Serge Ibaka. Uh, here's Rob Hennigan and Frank Vogel uh, talking a little bit about the trade. You know, as we look at our team, we really felt like, you know, physicality on the interior, um, toughness, athleticism, rim protection is something we've been talking about for for years now um, as it relates to what our team needs and what holes we need to fill. And it's, it's difficult to find that, especially um, in a profile where, in Serge's case, he's you know, entering into the prime of his career. And he can protect the rim, and he can rebound, and he can stretch the floor. So um, we feel like he's he's a really good fit. I don't know what, what you have to add to that, Coach. But. Yeah, well, you know, the, the defense that we've we played in Indiana uh, that we hope to bring uh, that mindset here to, to Orlando is is predicated on, on having a guy like Serge Ibaka, you know, that can protect the rim and be an elite shot blocker. And, you know, the direction that the, the NBA is going, um, Defensive versatility is, is huge. So when you have uh, a guy that can not only protect the rim at, at the highest level, but also has the skill set to switch out and, and guard smaller guards, 
um, in today's small ball NBA, um, he, becomes, he, he becomes extremely, extremely valuable to what we're hoping to do on the defensive end. And then when you add uh, the fact that he fits into the, the direction the league is going offensively uh, with his ability to, to space the floor from the three-point line and, you know, give all of our, uh, you know, elite perimeter players that we have on this, this, this team uh, a chance to get to the basket with uh, the way I would like to space our bigs. You know, he just, uh, you know, he's got, it really fits into the direction we want to go. And that's kind of, I think, the rationale behind this is, is Ibaka does a lot of does a lot of unique things and does a lot of things that that you have to do in the league and, and again provides an elite skill and and Oladipo is a good player. I, I like Victor Oladipo as a player. Uh, I personally would have been fine going into the season with him again this year. Uh, but the, the bottom line too on that is we're asking a lot of the same questions we asked last year about Oladipo. Uh, is he a star? Can he take that leap? Can he become that, that primary option. And last year, he didn't answer those questions. We're asking the same questions about him. Uh, and so when you look at how the Magic could improve themselves in any way in a trade, inevitably, the offer came down to Victor Oladipo and, and Nikola Vucevic. Those are the two most tradable assets that the Magic had. And so in order to make a deal, Oladipo had to be on the table. And they decided, clearly that it was time to make this move. Ibaka carries plenty of risk. This is not a straight line, Magic won this deal. There was a generally very negative reaction to this deal. I think a lot of it was emotions to Oladipo and wondering what this means for the team's future. And and some of that is certainly certainly warranted. Uh, I don't think Oladipo becomes a star now, in Oklahoma City like he could have in Orlando. So, you know, maybe that knife dulls a little bit um, if, if Durant stays. If Durant leaves, there's there's some reports that Oladipo's being brought in as, as kind of insurance um, for that. But um, if, you know, Oladipo, you know, the Magic could certainly regret this deal and Oladipo becomes a star. I mean, certainly that's, that's possible. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, but there is certainly risk here. Uh, the Magic traded away one of their best scorers, um, one of the best perimeter players, uh, created a little bit of a logjam at, at power forward center now. What, what do you do with Vucevic? Do you start Vucevic and Ibaka next to each other? If you do that, does Gordon, as Aaron Gordon then move to the three? Um, is Aaron Gordon better as a four? You know, How do you keep Ibaka around the basket? Because Serge Ibaka's numbers have, have decreased pretty dramatically in the last two, three years. And a lot of it is because He's been playing the four and pulled away from the basket more and more, so he's shooting more jumpers. He's not protecting the rim as much, he's, especially with the way the NBA is going. If, if he's guarding fours, he's out on the perimeter more than in the paint protect, protecting the rim. And so there are legitimate questions and big questions about how the Magic defend now with Ibaka in there instead of uh, instead of you know a more traditional lineup where you know you got Oladipo, Fournier, Gordon, Vucevic, and you go down the line. Uh, there, there are questions about whether Ibaka and Vucevic will work together as, as a pairing. I think they complement each other well offensively since both can hit jumpers, and that's going to be a unique skill the Magic can bring to the floor. But defensively, I have, I have some major questions. Vucevic isn't guarding force. Uh, he, he's not going to be out on the perimeter. I mean, you look at the defensive versatility that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that the Magic are looking for in this deal, and... 
you know, Vucevic doesn't have it. That it's clear they were looking to add something to the team that they that they don't already have. And so there are legitimate questions. Um, I look at the questions in the backcourt too. Now, you know, you probably resign Evan Fournier. You're probably going after a small forward in free agency, but you don't have that player still that stirs the drink, so to speak. I'd say to use a Reggie Jackson parlance. So you, there are definitely questions about how do you. Score now. How does the offense work? And Frank Vogel's not known as an offensive coach. It was a concern already. Uh, but, you know, at least Oladipo, you felt, could create some offense for himself. He could bury his head and get to the basket and, and create a decent shot. I mean, he was developing a, a good kind, of, a good rhythm as far as what his what he was looking for shot-wise. Um, you know, I, I still have my article that, that I've got to figure out where to write this now about how Victor Oladipo improved his mid-range jumper pretty dramatically this year. Um, he, he's... They, the Magic just don't have that guy now. I mean, Alfred Payton, maybe he can step up his scoring and, and, and be more of a more of an attacker and a more free-form offense. Um, maybe Aaron Gordon's ready to take that next step up. Maybe Mario Hazonia's ready to have a bigger role. More likely, I think the Magic still have to make a big free agent signing, which we all knew they had to anyway. I think the focus now is a little bit clearer as to what what they're what they're trying to do and what they're what they're looking for in free agency, which is again something that maybe we expected coming out of the draft. Um, is this deal a good deal or a bad deal? That I can't say right now. Did the Magic give up too much for Serge Ibaka? That's a, that's a question I've been getting a lot lately. That, I'm... I, maybe. I, I Like I said, Ilyasova was nothing. I felt they had to trade him tonight on draft night, no matter what it was. Um, it could have been for a late first-round pick, and that would have been good. Uh... They, they, they just couldn't, there's no way they couldn't just let that asset go to waste. Um, DeMontis Sabonis, like I said, I just don't see him being anything more than a bench player. And so, you know, essentially this is a straight-up trade of Victor Oladipo and for Serge Ibaka in my mind. And yes, Ibaka has one year deal, one year left on his contract, and it's very possible that he could be gone. But I think we were also asking, and, and I've certainly asked this question, are the Magic really were, were the Magic really going to keep Victor Oladipo? I, I spent a good chunk of the last half of the season posing this question to fans. Do you keep Evan Fournier or Victor Oladipo? Because I don't think you can keep both. Um, and the thought was, okay, you can delay the decision by a year, match Fournier, and, and keep Oladipo in, and then chop him around because you know he'll have more value. Maybe we thought this wouldn't happen until February, but I think the decision was, was probably made, or at least the thought was probably made, we're, tra- we're going to keep Fournier, and Oladipo, we're going to keep around, but we've got to have a cap on him. We're not going to pay him a max in the offseason as an extension, which is probably the only thing you would accept, and if he plays to the level we, wanna pl- he, we think he can play at, then we'll give him his contract then. But so far, he hadn't proved that he's worth a max contract. He isn't, he isn't worth the max extension that he, that he was probably seeking. And so, you know, essentially, the decision came down to who would you rather keep long-term? A, a room protector like Serge Ibaka or a player like Victor Oladipo? And it's very possible that they could have let either walk. And when I look at whether this deal is a, is a huge risk, with that understanding... If, if this doesn't work out, Serge is gone in a year. You lose nothing. You know, you lose Victor Oladipo, but it's hard to say if that's much of anything. 
I mean, and, and certainly criticism could be made if they lose Ibaka, and, and, and should be. Uh, but when you look at this deal, it's hard to know exactly what the Magic got, what they have, and what, what the future holds without knowing what the next move is. And so I think evaluation of this deal has to be somewhat delayed. I think the Magic got a very good player. I think both teams came out of the deal happy. It's hard to say the Magic got fleeced. It's, it's hard to say anything unless Ibaka has completely fallen off a cliff. Unless Ibaka's decline in his, uh, decline in his production isn't because he's playing next to Steven Adams, who's cannibalizing his rebounds and pushing him away from the basket. That would be the only, that would be the reason this deal doesn't work. And, and that's a, you know, frankly, a, you know, miscalculation on the Magic's part, but uh, it, 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 it's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing either. The Magic still maintain a lot of flexibility. They still have a lot of opportunity now to play, to play around in a bigger free agency market in 2017 than this one. Uh, I, I expect the Magic to make a big move in the summer. They've got to go get a free agent, probably a, a small forward, a shooting guard somewhere, someone that can create the, off the dribble on the perimeter. Um, without that, you know, it could be another long season. Um, so if you ask me, did the Magic improve from their 35-win team tonight, um, or on Thursday night? My answer would probably be, my answer would probably be maybe. It, it, I don't think they improved very much. Um, they, they, they have depth issues still. They still have a lot of work to do. And so this is not a one-time move for the Magic. This is not a one-off deal. This is not a deal that you can view in isolation. I think we've got to wait to see what it means for the rest of the offseason. But, and, and I think this is important to note, what this does mean is the Magic have pushed their chips in. They're, they're going for the playoffs. They're, they were looking to make a big move, and they were looking to use a, a potential franchise player, use a player that many people like, many people uh, had a connection to, uh, to, to make a move. I, I suspect Nikola Vucevic is on the table again. I, I don't see Vucevic and Ibaka being a successful pairing um, for, for the long term, uh, with, especially with the players on this roster. And and who they need to be playing. Um, but the, the, the question now for the Magic is, okay, you made this deal. What does, what does this mean for your overall philosophy? It's clear the Magic are trying to push for the playoffs. And it's clear the Magic probably felt they couldn't get that center help that they really need. I mean, I think two questions were really answered tonight. The Victor Oladipo, Evan Fournier question, which I went into, and the... Nikola Vucevic question, which is, you know, can you win with a center who can't protect the rim? And for a long time, we said he needs a power forward like Serge Ibaka. Now they have Serge Ibaka. And the question is, can Serge Ibaka play the four? Can he play the five? And, that, and, that's the, and again, whole other set of questions. Um, this, is a, this is a move that shows the Magic are willing to go in for elite talent. They're willing to push some chips into the table and make a move. They're serious about making the playoffs in 2017. That much is clear. Whether you think they got enough for Victor Oladipo or not is certainly a matter of debate and fair debate. Um, they, got an elite, they got an elite talent. They got someone who does something important in the NBA at an elite level for Victor Oladipo. And so in that sense, I do think they got good value. Now it's about bringing in someone in free agency. And that's going to be the question that will haunt the magic coming out of 
this draft. Uh, so I think I've covered that about as, as well as I can, set the table for some needs, uh, you know, good wrap-up of, of, of the draft night festivities. Didn't talk about Steven Zimmerman. I'll save him for next week, um, the Magic second-round pick. Uh, but obviously, Serge Ibaka is the, is the guy the Magic brought in. It'll be interesting to see how he fits. I think he gets a little bit of a bigger role. Uh, he'll get more shots, so you know his numbers could, certainly will be inflated by that, even just a little bit. Uh, so we'll we'll see what he does. Um, just a reminder: uh, I'm doing Locked On Magic podcast every weekday, Monday through Friday now through the off season. Uh, so be sure to check OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll post it in there. Uh, we are also going to be on iTunes. I know there has been some problems. Finding Locked On Magic podcast on iTunes. It is a new podcast feed. I'm, I'm no longer using the old Orlando Magic Daily podcast feed, so please update your RSS feeds. If it's not on iTunes yet, uh, be sure to go to audioboom.com, search Locked On Magic podcast or Locked On Magic. You should be able to find fo- you should be able to find it that way. Over on the left side of the the podcast page, there's a button that says iTunes. If you click on that, it'll t- it'll take you to iTunes. The feed will the feed will load up, and you'll be able to to download it automatically on iTunes. It's been downloading automatically for me since I did that on my iTunes, so I know it works. I, I think, uh, and so you you can listen to us that way. You can also download RSS there, and I, like I said, I've been putting the posts on Facebook on the Facebook page, linking to it on Twitter. I've been putting these on every single. Uh, Every single post that we've been writing on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well. So plenty of ways to listen to the podcast. You can always follow me at OmagicDaily. I'll, I'll be doing mini mailbags, so I may save some tweets and, and answer a question uh, during a show if, uh, if, if, you know, if you know, we're on a little bit of a light day as well. So be sure to continue interacting with me. Give me some feedback on the show. I want to know how I did. Uh, this is the first week that, that I'm doing this. It's a great project uh, from... From the Locked On Podcast Network, there's some other great podcasts on there too. Uh, Locked On Bulls, I know Rain and Jay's joined for Locked On Celtics. Um, love love the Rain and Jay's podcast, by the way. Uh, John and Jay are, are friends of mine. Um, they do a great job covering the Celtics. Uh, and I know Sean Hyken's on Locked On Bulls, so it's, that's probably well worth your listen as well. Uh, so, once again, the Magic made a big move. I know it's been a, a little bit of a raw emotional day and certainly a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of things to, to process and discuss, and so we'll see what this does for the Magic as free agency comes in July. We'll hit that hard next week here on the Locked On Magic podcast. So, for you know, I'm Philip Rossman Reich. Be sure to check me out on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and uh, we'll see you next week here on the Locked On Magic podcast.